Testing, testing. One, two, three. The one and only J to the B. What do you know? What do you know about me? What do you know about he? Coming out with a P. P. Pushing me. Me. A to the Z. Pushing P. One, two, three. A to the B. A to the D to the E. It's me. Inside, outside, outside, inside, around town. One in the pink and one in the brown. All around town in your head, when you head to your crown. To the ground, to the head top, to the head top, to the back top. I'm on top and they know I'm here. The man with a plan, I'm man with a plan, I'm stand with a clan, I'm dear. I'm the dearest. Me, I'm delirious. The most delirious. Me, I'm the scariest, most delirious. The number scariest, the number serious. So I'm precarious, the number free. I'm not with the top of my nose and it's the end. I'm so scared. T C E T T C E T T C E T. This could end terribly. Been a minute. Episode thirty nine. Fine. It's about time. Fall in line. Inside and outside. Intestines. That's Bruv. what. That, yeah. Bruv, I got it. It's just freestyle yeah, mode you, today. You, you thought I was about to fall off, but I never fall off. No, no, I never fall off. No, no, I never fall off. Me, I fall on. Me, I fall out. Me, I fall in. Me, I fall down. Me, I fall in. <laughs> we got to stop that. We're going to have to record something tonight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this Kid and Terribly, episode 39. You are here with man like A to the B I. <laughs> Uh, a to the D-E, that's me. And man like J to the V. Hello. Garage voice is very addictive. Yeah, it's very, yeah, it's very fun. Yeah. You know, like walking around doing it in public. Yeah. But like, Steve, <laughs> what's going on? Gary, how's your day? <laughs> Have you got that report for me? <laughs> Put it in my entry. <laughs> PDF, because Excel don't work. <laughs> your JPEGs are dead, fam. <laughs> don't send me a GIF, I'm not on my phone. <laughs> Shout out to our Apple Podcast listeners. Yes. Our Spotify listeners. Yes. Our very few Amazon Music listeners. Yes. Never checked the analytics once. Nope. Um, our SoundCloud hipster listeners. Yes. And last but not least, Filth. our YouTube. Nasty. Viewership. Horrendous. We gave you quite a few episodes recently. I hope you're not sick of us. We had to offer our opinion on one of the most talked about spectacles on TV history. Um, but that. we hope you enjoyed that Sunday special. Yes. Um, it had to come out. Um, shout out all the people we called in. Amen. Um, Thank you very much. They made it very, very fun. And we're going to talk about the next episode, episode 40, which is a very special one towards the end of the episode because we've got something coming for you guys, which is equally as special. Um, but without further ado, Johnny Vivas, how are you? I'm all right, you know. I'm all right. I'm coming into the home stretch of holiday body preparation. Mm. Um, the, uh, the the workout schedule was hindered by two things. Uh, one, by my eyebrows having to be done. Yeah. Looking I can't. lovely, by Thank the way. you very much. Yeah, Karen yeah, yeah. Betts, number one Harley Street. I will always shout her out. Done now. Uh, another thing was, I like, I hit a bad fried chicken stretch. Oh. Yeah, I did. I did. Not only was I not exercising, I was like, I can have one box of wings. Yeah. Harmless. Then I was like, do you know what? I've been working quite hard over the last few months. I can have a second box of wings. Double back. Yeah. And then it turned into like a three piece chips, extra naga wings. That's hella oily. Yeah. 
there was a lot of processed fats uh, and that has impacted me. So my first day back at the gym on the ab routine, oh, I could feel the difference. I mean, I feel like you're not taking your thirst trap responsibilities very seriously a few days away from the trip. Uh, How do you th feel about that? There's, yeah, no, it's a fair accusation. In my defense, I've been making up for lost time. Mm. I've gone almost every day this week. Okay. I played two games of football okay. uh, in the same evening Fantastic. last week. Uh, I'm, I still can't walk. I often forget I'm approaching 30. Was Wingate before or after the football matches though? Because people- before. Okay, cool. So you know them people who were like, oh, I went to the gym five times this week. Yeah. At the end of every session, I hit up Baskin and Robbins. Yeah, no, that's stupid. For a full box. You deserve to be fat. Yeah, no, no. I got nah. no sympathy for you. Yeah. I do hit a burrito every time, but that's that's protein. Burrito? It, yeah, but you fart it out, so it doesn't really count. Not even a naked burrito, just- no, 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 yeah, okay. no, 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 I'm not a virgin anymore. All right. So, so yeah, so I'm looking, so basically uh, by the time this comes out, I will be in the final stretch mm. of um, thought preparations. Mm. Uh, you're going to be seeing content from Brazil, mm. content do Carnival. To be fair, I worry about this um, because last time you were on holiday, you were fucking obnoxious yeah. with the pictures. Yeah. Is it going to be similar? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, look, manage our expectations. Yeah, uh, I, I've not only am I now practiced, uh, I'm going into the event with an Instagram pro account. Um, <laughs> okay. uh, and, and on top of uh, going to Rio, uh, we've also got five days in Buenos Aires. Ah. So the content in Rio should be fairly wholesome. Okay. Beaches, a bit of cocktail action, not too fancy. Wholesome. Uh, the content that we're going to be seeing in Buenos Aires is largely going to be steaks, nice glasses of red wine. A lot of meat. Uh, a lot of meat. Pause. Pause. Uh, and uh, a lot of other high life, enjoyment activities. I'm, he I'm hella jealous. Yeah. I mean, unfollow now. Unfollow yeah. now and then come back when I, when no, I get home. No, I'm not going to mute you. I'm not going to mute you. No? I don't think you do. You post a lot when you go on holidays. I do. It's very obnoxious. But I do. It's not, it's not, yeah, it's not mute worthy. I, I think it's good content. And actually the feedback I've had on the content beyond people thinking I'm a prick, which I'm quite used to, is that the content itself is of reasonable value. Mm. So, um, so get ready for it. There's a deluge. Mm. There's a deluge of content. Just coming. don't like upload the same videos and pictures twice. And I on the subject of videos, you, maybe you're not aware that Instagram are actually trying to discourage us from doing pictures and they yeah. want us to do more video stuff. Yeah. So Reels. with that in mind, please, I beg or, mm. Do not do a reel, because I will unfollow you. Yeah, no, I'm going to do reels. I'm going to do reels of me pouring caprinhas on Ipanema Beach while you're all in the office. Caprinhas? Is that how... Isn't it caipirinhas? Caipirinha. You just said caprinhas. I was trying to anglicize it. Bro, you're such a geezer. I can't help it. How have you been? I've been all right, man. I am, I'm absolutely knackered. I'm not going to lie to yeah. you. So since the last episode, uh, I spent a few days in, in Warsaw mm. on a business trip. And then I came back, didn't have much time to recover. And then I found myself on my way to Tbilisi in Georgia. Tbilisi, by the way, listeners. Oh. In Georgia, the Republic of Georgia. Not all the people who were like, oh, you're in ATL. No. No. Um, <laughs> you're getting invited to the Republic, <laughs> yeah, in the Caucasus, post-Soviet Georgia, yeah? Yes. Um, it's very fucking lit. Oh, yeah? It's lit, bruv. What do you mean lit? It's like, it's so, so like cool. It's very much got its own identity and I won't go into the whole history of it all, but they're one of the main post-Soviet countries who were kind of just like, nah, F Russia, we're not on it. Uh, speak to us in Georgian, please. If you speak to us in Russian, we're gonna look at you a little bit different, not really feeling you. So, you know, it's got its own little vibe and clearly there's a bit of a mix. And the one thing I will say about Georgia is that like when you're driving through, 
it probably will remind you of about five or six different countries that you've been to in mm. one. So you're driving through and some of it looks like, I don't know, like Southern Portugal. Some of it looks like Slumland Abuja. Some of it looks like very European, like Italy. Okay. And some of it is just like Shoreditch. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it's, it's, it's so, so lit. Um, Georgian wine. You know me, I'm not a wine guy. Yeah. Georgian wine is fuego. Oh, for real? Get some, I bought two bottles back. Um, to get involved in I that. I didn't even know they did wine like yeah, that. Yeah, they do. The main thing I know about Georgia is Kaka Kaladzi. Yeah, so they do all of that. Shout so, out my, my OG Milan heads. Yeah, so the food is a, is a problem. I okay. Could ne- I could never live there because okay. a man will just be rotund out here, yeah? Okay. Um, but the wine and the food is an experience. The hospitality of the Georgian people is just top notch. They're just super genuinely nice people. Maybe it's because they're used to like so much tourism. It's like a country of like 4 million people and I think they get double the amount of tourists yes, every year. It's the year. festival hotspot. It's the yeah. go-to place for yeah, cool Yeah, when festivals. you said that, I didn't get what you meant, but like yeah, it's, yeah. Um, but yeah, it look, it's, it's fire. But one thing I will say uh, about Georgia mm. that will definitely have me returning. Okay. They have this fashion trend. I think it's a, I think it can only be called a fashion trend where okay. Georgian people for the most part, they're quite dark features, you know, yep. like uh, dark hair, yep. dark eyes, etc. But the women, <clears throat> let me clear my throat for this one. They are now, for some reason, all following a trend which involves them dyeing their hair very, very ginger. Oh, goodness. So for a man like me. Yes. With a Jess Phillips fetish. Plentiful drooling. A land of habondance. It was fantastical. <laughs> that is so haram. It was just fantastic he's saying just um, just misties walking around everywhere just wonderful honestly <laughs> so yeah shout out my uh my georgian people um you kind of did me in the off duty when i paid 10 pounds for a bar of white chocolate which is awful oh. um, but that was kind of my fault but yeah georgia i recommend it get out there you gotta go through istanbul and that was very very long four hour layover but it was very very sick um did you get baklava uh, no, in the I airport. Didn't. No, no, no. I didn't. I didn't do all that. I love um, baklava. I didn't do all that. I feel like any food pistachio based is gonna bang. The problem is, like, you get on these these flights and then they're, they're offering you food on two legs, right? So you get on the first leg and it's just like a full Turkish meal thing, yeah. and then and then you have a layover of like four hours mm. in your case, and you get onto the next flight and it's like yeah, full wham meal again. Oh snap! So yeah, could easily, what a hard life you live. I know. Could easily get out of control, but um, but yeah, other than that, I've been good. I've been good until, of course, Eon, my energy provider oh sent me an update so you guys know that martin lewis uh money saving expert treasurer of the jewish community yes um told us all that we need to put in our uh, meter readings um at the end of march a day uh, early to lock it in yeah i wasn't in a rush because i found out that you could do it a few days after but i did it after and then i got an email a few days later saying uh you done fucked up mr biade oh we are going to increase your bills oh no we are going to increase your bills by 400 Great British pounds. Ha, a year? Per month. No. Maza. No. I'm, I'm still smarting. It can't be 400 pounds a month. Fam. Fam. It can't be 400 pounds a month. I don't want to talk about it because I might cry in it. I've had a couple of whiskeys. Um, but yeah, shout out to everybody who's had similar experiences. Oh. I'm pretty sure I might have to contest the thing, but that's, that's, the, that's what the automation has said. Jesus. I'm going out by 400 quid a month, which is... Um, yeah, which is pretty, pretty ball breaking. Um, but Fuck. other than that, Johnny, I think this is probably one of my most expansive responses to how are you doing, Rich? Yeah, um, you've had a lot to get off your chest. But there you have it. I'm glad that, you, I'm glad that you've uh, processed all mm. that you've been through in the last week yeah, and the yeah, last yeah. five yeah. minutes. Yeah, um, read something 
yesterday on the flight back. Okay. And this is a shout out to you guys, um, whose ears I'm easing these sultry tones into. Oh God. There was an article that came out, and it's a celebration of you guys actually. It's an article that came out yesterday that said, people who listen to podcasts are more likely to be intellectually curious, more open to experience, and less neurotic on average than non-listeners. Okay. Researchers surveyed 306 people from more than 10 countries. <laughs> 10 countries wearing about 35. Yeah, come on. On their podcast listening habits, comparing their listening habits with measures of personality. They found that those who reported listening to a podcast scored highly for openness, interest-based curiosity, and need for cognition. Podcast listeners were also likely to score or less likely to score highly for neuroticism. That so, makes... I mean, look. To our listeners. Shout out to you. Shout out to you. But that also makes total sense because I don't listen to podcasts. <laughs> so... All of those things, they, uh, they resonate. I learned a new word in, this, in the midst of this article as well. It said, of podcast listeners, those who scored highly on the traits of agreeableness were more likely to report forming parasocial relationships with their favorite podcast hosts. Parasocial. Parasocial. What now that par means parasocial relationships are associated with listening for longer and longer periods to podcasts to the point where you feel like the host is a friend. Oh, that makes sense. So I hear that. Pick up all the people. Yes. Who have parasocial relationships with us. Well, they are family. I can promise you, if you meet us, it goes downhill. Yes. Especially Johnny. Yeah. Yeah. It's been a busy, busy week. There's a whole smorgasbord of fuckery. This yeah. week, whilst you've been away. Oh, yeah, Country falls apart when you're yeah, not around, Rich. Yeah, exactly. I guess the elephant in the room is that we don't have a guest today. A um, couple of people out there on these streets saying that we couldn't do this, but we showed you in a short, in a short little smidgen last week that we could. But we're going deep in a full episode for you bad boys. Um, As they say on the streets, we're, 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 we're doing it again. We're doing it again. They tried to stop me and I'm doing it again. Yes. Um, we've got a few things going on this week. Johnny, where do we want to start? We've got Rishi, we've got Amazon, we've got Ed Sheeran, we've got Biological Boris. Where do you want to start, bro? Where do you want to start? Uh, I feel like the fuckery of Fishy Rishi is the most salacious chat. So he's not Dishy Rishi anymore. He's not Dishy Rishi anymore. Ah, he's lost the dish. Now he's the fish. Now he's the fish. Hey. This, this, uh, this man's on a slippery slope. This is the story of Icarus that flew too close to the sun. I swear down. And the Tory party have sensed the threat. And are taking him out before so he you ascends. So you think that's what it is? But this is how briefing works, puppy. Shit. It's welcome to Westminster. This is the lion's den. Did you not watch Game of Thrones? <sighs> yeah, but mainly for the nakedness. That's, yeah. Khaleesi is your Jess Phillips. That's... Yeah. Same, same. We've established that. Um, Non-dom status. What is a non-dom? What is a non-dom? Funny how all the crises have gone from dom-related to non-dom-related in the Tory party. Um, I like non-dom. I like... Why did that rattle you? <laughs> Non-dom sounds lit, bro. <laughs> very, <laughs> Who wants dom? <laughs> very, very good. Very, very good. Uh, fuck. <laughs> wow, choice word there as well. Yeah, I mean, if we're going to get fucked, I'd rather... Well, it was more fun being fucked. I should stop. 
how are we gonna move forward? Now? Every single time you say non-dumb, I'm gonna be like, <laughs> you just. I'll, I'll try not to. Yeah, one of us will grow up and um, <laughs> start this segment off. Not me. Um, the big dick that uh, Rishi Sunak oh, is. Come on, come on, come on, come on. <laughs> this is descending. This is why we have a guest. Love it. Yeah, to, exactly. To make exactly. us behave. <laughs> <laughs> Funnily enough, the whole non-dom law dates back to the French Revolution. Okay. Um, and what it means is that you can declare yourself, uh, even though you live here as a non-domiciled resident, which means that you don't have to pay tax on worldwide earnings. Yeah. And if you don't know what we're talking about, our Chancellor of the Exchequer, yes. Rishi Sunak. The fellow been, who sets tax law. Yeah, has been in hot water this week for a couple of reasons. It started with what seemed to be a bit of a smear campaign against his very rich wife. Very rich. That has now... Uh, caught on to his own indiscretions. Mm. Back to you. So his, uh, so this all kind of like started unraveling a few weeks ago. The veneer of um, Icarus began to peel away uh, when Rishi was asked on Sky News about his wife's dad's company, Infosys. Um, if you were fucking around on LimeWire and Miniclips sometime around 2007. Guilty. You know exactly what the antivirus thing run for say. Don't know. Uh, uncle had not pulled out of Russia. Um, he was still dommed up. Mm. And he uh, was attracting heat that Rishi was really unable to answer mm. in his characteristically suave way. Mm. Uh, his defense was that his wife is not an elected official and it's none of his business and he should be asked about things that he has an impact on. Which seemed a fair response at the time, did it not? Uh, it's loose. It's loose in the sense that he is part of a cabinet which holds collective responsibility. As a part of the cabinet, he has collective responsibility for the policies of the cabinet, which was in the process of sanctioning Russia. Yeah, so, so for him, for his household to be profiting from business in Russia yeah. is unethical at best. Exactly. So that was what I was going to say. Less illegal, just more unethical sure for sure so that's where the that's where the veneer started to to crumble uh, and then came the famous spring statement where really his uh where, where the wings came off the wax melted uh and everyone started to see that the tories are are now just overtly fucking us they used to kind of pretend to hide it in the shadows uh, and the spring statement really showed that they don't really care about opinion polls anymore mm. this week uh with rishi's um poll ratings having collapsed to zero um he has been punished by the party that he failed to take control of when boris was in the midst mm. of his party gate scandal mm. welcome to westminster puppy man did a runner he just disappeared this is how it he runs just went to the cotswold and just chilled out this is the vengeance uh -uh. this is the vengeance of a party or of boris's inner circle who are deeply pissed off with him for not defending the prime minister mm. and now that they sense weakness in his poll ratings after the spring statement uh, they've gone on the attack. And so mm. the story that came out on Thursday last week was about his wife declaring non-dom status, uh, not paying tax on worldwide earnings, but more egregiously claiming that she was non-domiciled in this country. Total farce. Mm. She has multiple children here. She literally lives in number 10 Downing Street. Mm. Boris and them swapped flats because Boris wanted the bigger one in the chancellery. She literally lives oh, in wait. number 10. So number 11 is bigger than number 10. The and flat. Boris was like, I'm having yeah, it. Flip reverse. Yeah, I'm having it. <laughs> I bet. I'm the king. Come. Of course. Come get it. I respect it. Um, so she literally lives in number 10 Downing Street, the most iconic address in the country. She claims not to be domiciled here. There were some bullshit uh, excuses like, 
uh, her parents, she, well, she is, so she tried to say that she couldn't be domiciled here because she has Indian citizenship and India doesn't allow dual nationality. Now, prima facie, that's a reasonable argument. There are plenty of countries that don't allow dual nationality, which is why she doesn't have a British passport. She doesn't need a British passport. There are plenty of people who have other passports who haven't fucking self-declared to be non-dom on their worldwide earnings, right? Yeah. It's all the more important when her worldwide earnings uh, are in the context of hundreds of millions of pounds as a result of her shareholding in Infosys. She sounds very attractive. Um, she's no Jess Phillips. Okay. And I don't want to know. Um, so that was the first kind of line of defense, which was totally farcical. Um, she has multiple children here. They have multiple properties in this country. She spends all of her time here. There was some bullshit line about, oh, she's one day she's going to go back to look after her parents. Again, bullshit chat. Uh, and then the Tories <laughs> What's she going to do for them? <clears throat> well, well, just throw cash at them when they're ready to die. I don't the know. The Infosys family, aren't they worth like 100 billion or something? Something stupid. stupid. Uncle is, fu Uncle is like, so rich, I'm nervous slandering them on this independent podcast. <laughs> for real. <laughs> it's it's kind of techie, but I've had enough rum to wear it. Um, and then the Tories decided to come out with, uh, with the, the most woke defense of all time. That was actually quite good chat. They were like, I thought that we had moved past the era where a spouse was merely an extension of her husband's financial status. Ooh. It seems like Labour haven't got the memo. The Tories are the party of female financial empowerment. Ooh. It's great chat. It's actually good chat. It's actually good chat because it's Woke it, it's, uh, it's playing Labour at their own game in, mm. in the same sense that we got uh, when I when I said that Adele uh, sparking controversy at the Brits was uh, white women having to lay in the bed that they made. Yeah. Welcome to neoliberal labor. Don't know. The first stray that Keir Starmer's gonna catch on this episode. <sighs> Please. Um, so then that story was kind of fucked enough that this multi-multi-millionaire was pretending that she doesn't live here to avoid paying tax to the country that her husband's the fucking chancellor of, right? It, it was an obscenity to start with. And then on Friday, oh, <laughs> on Friday, uh, the story descended into what was possibly defensively a wife affair mm. into very much Rishi's problem. Yeah. Very much Rishi's problem. As it turned out, Oof. Rishi has been a US green card holder. It's sounding hella Nigerian to me right now. As was his wife. Oh. What does this, that mean for the people? Break that down. So, the, so, this, so to hold a US green card essentially means that you hold US residency. And you have to have been there for... Well, it just means... Effectively, it means two things. The first thing it effectively means is that you declare... You declare that the US is your forever home. Yeah, but it's a rigorous application It's process. extremely difficult yeah, to, get, to get there. But they studied there and he was actually working in the US at one point. They met at university out there. You can understand the context of why they once had a green card and that's fine. So beyond the, it means this is our forever home whilst being the chancellor, more perniciously, what it means when you have a US green card is you pay tax mm. on worldwide earnings. So, Sweary Pie, <laughs> Sweary Pie, married to the Chancellor of the fucking Exchequer, who sets tax policy and literally lives in Number Ten Downing Street, was happy to pay tax on worldwide earnings to the US and not to Britain. Johnny, what is the point of having the power if you do not abuse <laughs> if you cannot the power, abuse it? Uh -uh, if you cannot use this power to accumulate more cash, what is the point? <laughs> Horrendous. 
horrendous. These people, this is where we've, we've gone past covertly taking the piss. We're overtly taking the piss. So I saw this tweet, right? We, we talked in the last episode about the one and a quarter percent rise in national income, uh, national insurance, which everyone's feeling on top of the fucking energy bills, right? And said, how many Too standard soon. rate, how many standard rate taxpayers need to pay the additional 1.25% national insurance increase to cover Rishi Sunak's wife's avoided tax? Oh, maths. Someone ran the numbers. Uh, Sunak's recent changes will cost the median household around 500 pounds sterling. The rate on dividends is about 38% for high earners. 38% of 12 million is about four and a half million pounds. That means that 9,000 median households, bear in mind we said that the median wage in this country is 27 grand. 9,000 median households need to pay the recently announced extra taxes just to cover the wife's tax avoidance. 9,000 families are paying 500 quid so that she can dodge tax and then pay it to the US. It's unbelievable. But beyond that, beyond her indiscretion, right? You have to imagine, can you imagine being the US Secretary of State, right? Knowing that the Prime Minister of this country was born in New York, is a self-confessed friend of America, that the Chancellor of the Exchequer is hiding the fact that he has a, he has a US green card and all the time, they are actively encouraging private US companies to come and buy up our NHS with the invitation of the Conservative Party who have this secret hanging over them. This has gone beyond just some moral tax issue. This is an issue of either national security or health security. Mm. There's gen like it's, it's obviously so fucked you can laugh about it, but it's also deeply concerning that these people are hiding a secret as regards residency of another country. He spent six and a half years as an MP or something, three years as uh, a, a staff in the Treasury when he was uh, permanent secretary before he became chancellor, and then in a year and a half as the chancellor of the Exchequer, whilst being a permanent resident of another country that he obviously wasn't fucking living in. So he's broken the law on that side as well. So what does this mean for his future prospects? Because most people, I think even a lot of Labour voting people could see themselves potentially voting for the Tories if they knew that somebody like Rishi was at the fore as the premier. Um, what does this mean for him? Because you mentioned that this is man like mob ties Boris, mm. getting man to take his ops down. Um, but what does it mean in terms of Rishi's future prospects? Because it would appear that he has dramatically fallen from grace given he was the hero about town, given how he handled the furlough situation in the pandemic. Beyond, look, beyond, beyond what it means for his career in the Conservative Party, which I'll get back to, to me, what it really means is that this is fundamentally a bloke who doesn't understand politics, right? And that's not necessarily a shock. The kid was born into an extremely rich family. Yep. He went to Winchester, who him and his wife have donated £100,000 to, hmm. whilst claiming not to live here, funnily enough. Hmm. We then went to Oxford, got a job at Goldman Sachs, joined a hedge fund and walked into the Conservative Party. Like, it's not a shock that a guy who's lived in privilege his entire life and was thrown into a safe seat did not have strong political antenna. The guy has totally misread the situation. And anyone who really wanted to be prime minister with his backing during Partygate would have knifed Boris. Mm. Right. And what this is, what this coordinated set of leaks, starting with the wife, then going for the kill with the green card. This means that the party have decided he's too much of a threat. He's too much of a threat to the current top of the incumbency. 
Boris can't have this guy running around as a prime minister and waiting. And that is why they've gone for the kill. Why though? I mean, I don't want to expand on this debate too much. It's a really good debate, but why are they worried about him being a prime minister and waiting? Boris, I think, is on record as saying he doesn't want to do this job forever. I think we're all under the understanding that Boris doesn't want to do the PM job forever. If anything, if you want to keep the Tories in power, Rishi probably is the type of figurehead you need, right? To appear sort of progressive, to appear like you're like like you are appealing to more people. He's Asian. Yeah. He's Asian, right? Yeah. So, you know, so but you're going on the premise that progressiveness is what the conservatives want to target. And it isn't well, necessarily as progressive. A face, progressive. As, a, as a face, progressive as, is a massive political But play, it's not. The Tories have always been run by the old motherfuckers in the backbench. Sure, but. sure. But the last time that the Tories went progressive, they nearly lost an election to Corbyn in mm. 2017. Mm. Progressiveness actually doesn't get people voting for the Conservatives. Shout out Teresa. Shout out Teresa. Uh, what, Tere what, Teresa. Teresa. Yeah. What gets people voting for the Conservatives is a far-right policy base. And Rishi was arguably too new Labour. That's, that's facts, actually. Far too is far too close to being the comfort Tories that Cameron ran that lost Brexit. What gets the Tories votes is nationalism. We've had this discussion before. Elections in the postmodern era are not won in the centre. Mm. They're won by who has the most energetic fringe. And we've got the same argument. We've got the French election coming up this weekend. We'll have the results will be out by the time this episode comes. Macron is going to win one side, but really the delta is. Is it Mélenchon or is it Le Pen? Mm. Which extreme left or right gets more people out to vote? Mm. And that's how these elections are won. So um, Sunak, I think, was too much of a threat to Boris. I don't necessarily think Boris is ready to walk yet. Yeah. And Rishi and his growing power base was an imminent threat. And actually, I kind of have no sympathy for the guy because politics is cutthroat and he didn't stick the knife in when he had a chance. How the hell, by the way, and we'll finish on this. How the hell has Boris... I mean, we know it's Russia and Ukraine has helped him a great deal, but mm -hmm. how the hell, more broadly speaking, has he managed to go under the radar and just avoid and duck all of this Partygate shit? He is still out here emboldened than ever. Yeah. How? Yeah. How? How? So two things. One, the Met have basically just run interference for him. Crested a dick, fell on the sword, finally, um, which created enough storm to push Partygate out. And now with this war going on and the cost of living crisis, there's plenty of other things to talk about beyond Partygate. Mm -hmm. I think it will come back, but the Met is basically finessing it. He's also been saved by the guy who I think will become the next prime minister. Uh -huh. And I think I said this on the pod a few months ago. I definitely said it to my mum. But everyone was talking about Rishi Sunak and Liz Truss, and they were not the threat. Mm -hmm. Liz Truss is a moron. Rishi missed the boat. Ben Wallace, the bloke who's been the defence secretary, I think he's, he's the real threat. Mm -hmm. And he's the one who's likely to take over. Okay. Uh, he's relatively ideologically aligned. He's done very well out of the war. His profile has grown enormously. He's extremely popular with the uh, with the Conservative Party base. So he's one to keep an eye on. You know when you know when um, Rishi Sunak was on on the news and was like, "I'm an elected official. My wife is not an elected official. Let's talk about something else." How do you think Jada Pinkett would have approved of his defence of his woman? Well, she did actually. She come out and say that she'd rather Will hadn't slapped. <laughs> I'm, like is this is this for the sake of is, my sanity is yeah, this woman ever going to defend her husband this, this is the thing yeah for the sake of my sanity <laughs> i need to know that that was not true because <laughs> if jada comes out after all of that shit and was like nah he shouldn't have done that listen i swear it, I'll, uh, i will hunt her down myself it was it was on the shade bar so it must be true 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 it must be true, true. it has to be facts um very very good very good so um we're gonna move on to a topic which is very very close to johnny's heart fuck yeah everybody 
who's been listening to this podcast from maybe even like episode one. Probably when, episode one. When we were talking <laughs> about like, uh, fuck the Tories, join a union. Was that like episode one? It's either episode was one Marcus or Rashford two. Marcus Rashford chat, episode yeah, one, one of been. them. Yeah. Um, we finally found a very meaty unionization story. Fuck yeah. In America, Staten Island, to be specific. Shout out Staten Island. Shout out. I've been there. My uncle and my cousins lived there. Big Come on. Uh, so shout out. In an Amazon warehouse, um, history was made. It became the first facility in the US to unionize. Uh, a guy called Chris Smalls, who was a former worker at Amazon, um, who was actually fired because he, he started and led a walkout at the start of the pandemic to protest against working conditions mm -hmm. at this warehouse, yeah. came together with a collection of people from the warehouse to run amok and cause quite the headache for our friends who offer next day delivery. Sometimes same day delivery. Have you ever done same day delivery? Yeah, I have. It's kind of mad. I'm not going to lie. That's when I feel like proper futuristic. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, yeah. It's, logistically, it's probably very, very simple. It probably got a warehouse very close to where I live. There is one near me. But, yeah. But even still, yeah. same day delivery on anything is, that's feel mad. It's very trill. It's quite dystopian. You should just go to the shop. Yeah. Amazon obviously said that this guy was fired because he violated a company imposed 14 day quarantine after he came into contact with somebody who, tested which is positive. such a mad chat he says he was putting a lot of pressure on his employers to ensure that they had the right measures in place and to put more transparency on who were getting sick and that unfortunately turned a couple of noses out of place so he decided to go ham after he'd been fired when he found out that an internal meeting at amazon which included jeff bezos was leaked by vice news where the company executives who had heard about what he was trying to do tried to smear his whole thing. Yes. And they labeled him not smart. Yes. Or articulate. Yes. Uh, as a part of a PR scheme to make him, what, to discredit him, basically. So what he did was he firstly started to raise some money through a GoFundMe and with a colleague or an ex-colleague, because the guy Derek Palmer still works at Amazon today, decided to reach out to the co-workers. So we're talking like movie stuff. Approaching people at the bus stop, which takes people to, to the warehouse to speak to them about what his plans were. He would have bonfires going with, <laughs> I, I read that they, had, they would have s'mores going on this barbecue as they huddled together and spoke yep. about the future. And they invited workers to have cookouts. They had barbecues, homemade food, and so on. What then happened after all of this was a culmination of votes, which resulted in history being made. And I can't remember the numbers. It was something like 2,100 versus 1,900 workers in this Clear factory enough. who voted that this was going to be a unionized workforce and that Amazon was going to get the fuck out of here with their bullshit. So what we're going to do right now... We're going to pour one out. We're going to pour one out. I just hope that Chris Smalls one day ever hears <laughs> this podcast. And I want him to know that this little glass, well, this quite large glass, fuck... Of Havana Especial. Love it. It's for you, my friend. Hey. And for all the workers of JFK 8. Done now. On Staten Island. Where do we even begin? Like you said, this is... Um, History, this is, baby. This is movie shit. This is movie shit. This guy was essentially fired um, for protesting against working conditions. Only in America. Uh, during the pandemic. Um, they had, there had been multiple instances of Amazon forcing people to come into work, displaying symptoms. So the very fact that they fired him on that uh, bullshit excuse was totally ridiculous. 
They spent something around $4 million on consultants trying to fight uh, this entire process. As you said, they smeared him. Um, they actually got him arrested. Uh, they got him arrested for giving out food. They were doing cookouts uh, during the workday uh, because so many fucking people who work at that warehouse still can't afford food after working full-time for Amazon. And so they kind of view that as a turning point in the protest that got a lot more engagement on the floor. Uh, on the floor itself, Amazon was sending union busters. They were sending uh, lawyers and consultants to try and spread fake information and sway uh, potential voters who were eligible to take part uh, in the poll. It's all massively backfired. 50 other buildings and warehouses have already reached out to Smalls to help organize. Um, another building just across the road from JFK 8 actually has a vote already scheduled for April. Hey! Uh, and a separate group of Amazon Fresh employees have already voted to unionize and are moving forward. How do you feel about that Amazon Fresh shit, by the way? I really don't like that there's a shop in Dalston. Oh, is there one in Dalston? There's one in Dalston. But and that's hard about, How do you feel about the concept of it? Like you don't, you go in, you see what's on the shelves, you pack it in your bags and literally walk out the store. And it does it all for you. And it does it all for you. you yeah. You, you, you get home and there's already a receipt in your inbox because it's all scanned and super tech. How yeah, do you feel about that? My, my natural instinct is that it's bad for labor, right? Yeah. This is just replacing jobs. It's unnecessarily replacing jobs. I even feel a way when it's like self-service. I don't a, like doing at, it. Out of boots. I don't like doing it. Like, no. I don't but, like doing but it. there's barely anyone. Like, it's literally like if there are like, if, there, if there's space for like eight tills at a store, seven of them will be self-service and it'll be the smallest little kiosk that you could potentially pay for some stuff with a person. Which is fucked. Like, it's crazy. Hire fucking people back, man. Like, these companies are just... Anyway, this is why I feel no fucking sympathy for them, that they're um, they're getting unionized again. Hold on, I'm going to take a sip of Christmas. Okay. Pull Very good. Oh, we're celebrating. There was an effort in Alabama, uh, which failed. And, and I was listening to an interview um, where Christmas went into it. The entire reason for the success of this particular movement and why um, JFK 8 worked where the Alabama effort didn't, is because this was an entirely floor-led grassroots movement. There was a coordinated uh, campaign inside and outside the warehouse, as he describes it, um, where having been sacked by Amazon, he dedicated his time to creating the Amazon Labor Union. Um, and in coordination, people who are still employed uh, garnered support. There were worker committees on the floor. Uh, and that is the, really the only organic way to organize. It's about people um, standing firm and being militant together. And that resolution is what um, grounds success. There are, there are ultimately always going to be more workers than there are management. And it is the job of management to convince workers that they aren't united. But if they stand together, um, they do achieve great things. Um, other companies, uh, this, made me, this actually made me laugh when I read this. Other companies um, apparently feel threatened by Amazon's defeat with Starbucks CEO, Howard Schultz, saying the company is, quote, being assaulted in many ways by the threat of unionization. Um, deep irony, uh, a deep irony that a company who has fired people for threatening to unionize, which is illegal in the US, by the way, mm. uh, feels assaulted is as sweet as one of their very overpriced mockers that I get most morning. Um, Amazon's like issued some super pissy statement uh, insinuating election interference which was fucking jokes <laughs> because they're you know the, how desperate you have to be they, to be like they did these a Trump. man who did a grass they did a Trump yeah, they, did, they did a stop the count right but the people who they insinuated right people they insinuated were interfering with the vote was the National Labor Relations Board mm. for those who don't know the National Labor Relations Board is the fucking US government <laughs> 
They right. literally tried to pretend Swear. that the US government, whose defense infrastructure Amazon supports, Swear. had somehow swayed a union vote against Amazon. Like, it's just obscene. It's obscene having already spent 4 million quid to bust this effort, right? Um, as you said, they targeted this guy. The company lawyers said that he wasn't smart or articulate. Um, they actually forced workers uh, famously to work through a tornado in uh, downstate Illinois that killed six people. <laughs> they created a bit of buzz online because there were n numerous truckers and drivers um, who had who had sent who uploaded their um, uh, texts to Twitter via a journalist called Ken Klippenstein who works for the Intercept, um, where they had complained that conditions weren't safe. Uh, the trucks weren't driving properly on the road. Uh, they could see very strong winds on highways. And Amazon were basically just telling them, get the fuck on with it, right? Uh, get the fuck on with it. And so it's this like longer term declining in working standards that's finally pushed people over the edge. Um, but we, there's plenty of reports that uh, conditions at Amazon have been awful from day. Mm. There were these stories last year of people taking pisses on the floor and in bottles mm -hmm. um, just to be able to keep up with quotas. Um, in the same interview that, I, that I'd heard Chris Moore said that he, tell, he used to tell new joiners, new staff to join the gym because you're working something like a 16 hour day, including commuting to Staten Island. A lot of the staff lived yeah, uh, in Staten New Island Jersey. Is, Staten Island is, is, is not pretty as well. It's not easy to get to. It's not easy to get to, especially if you live on the other side of yeah. New York. It's a ferry journey. It's, it's, it's grim. And then buses and that, right? Mm. So that commute. Uh, and then essentially you're doing calisthenics for like 12 hours a day yeah. on your shift, lugging shit around constantly. Um, it's intensive footwork. Um, there's plenty, plenty stories of intensive work. But ultimately, fuck Amazon, join a union. And if you work anywhere else, mm. join a union. Because if mm. Amazon can be union busted, mm. anyone can be union busted. And this brings me on to my next question. Mm -hmm. With all that being said, Juan... Will you be returning your Amazon Prime subscription anytime soon? Um, your answer has taken too long. No, I won't. But that's not the point. It's very much the point. Uh, it's a point. It is very much the point. It's a point. Look, if... if <laughs> you have to live your raps, my G. You yeah. have to live your raps. Do you know what? I have actually been doing more <laughs> independent shopping as of late. What does that mean? So you go into like Amazon and then you pick the independent I, uh, seller no, instead no, no, of like... No, 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 no. <laughs> I buy my shower gel in shop rather than get it delivered off Amazon. It's still molten brown. It smells nice. Don't hate me. But anyway, mm. no, like if Amazon it is- just, It just shows how, how like we ain't shit. We really ain't shit. Like as 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 people, we just oh, ain't shit. What it we does put show, convenience over all of this humanitarian yeah. shit. Shout out Chris Moore. Shout out, that's shout what out Derek was, Palmer. That's exactly what but I was going to say. Ultimately, we're still fucking you over with our subscriptions, buddies. So, well, sorry. But this is the point. <laughs> this is the point. It, it is our consumer demand that gives these people jobs. And that's important. Wow. Right? Circle of life chat. Okay. But, but this is how, this, but unfortunately, we live in a capitalist system. And this is how capitalism works, is that we all need the money to keep spinning. So if we don't shop on Amazon, these people don't have jobs. And unfortunately, it's just a fact that large employers employ at scale. They give more jobs to more people than small businesses do. But what's important, what's important is that we to an extent where we can vote with our wallet and we lobby and we support people like Chris Smalls who transform Amazon or who force them into supporting labor rights. We should probably not have Amazon Prime subscriptions because it is probably this emphasis on needing everything today, tomorrow, that is 
driving. No. No, no, it, it very much I disagree. Is, there's a massive correlation between us needing everything now no. and the fact that Sorry. a lot of these workers aren't getting paid what they want. No, I disagree. And that doesn't necessarily just relate to Amazon, but like companies in general who, as a result of the Amazon effect, mm -hmm. ultimately lose customers because as soon as you see that like £4.99 yeah. delivery charge, we'll go to an Amazon with their Prime subscription. Sure. So if anything, we should probably take the power back by not having as many Amazon Prime subscriptions and going to independent people or suppliers who can pay their staff yeah. based on the fact that we are paying for delivery costs. No, I, but I, that's another debate. I just need to say before we move on, I disagree and I disagree strongly. We should support small businesses and that's true, but our shopping- uh, I don't at, know how you can disagree with that. So but. I'll tell you, but our shopping at large businesses is not what legislates these companies being allowed to get away with murder. We are not government and we're not in of charge course, of policy. What we need to do course, is but we is do support. have some power. We do. Yeah. But what we should do is be supporting people like Chris Smalls who are who are advocating for labor rights. Now, if Amazon was forced, for example, to only allow people to work for eight hours a day rather than for twelve, they'd need to hire fifty percent more people. And that's good for the economy because you have more people in work. Fewer people on benefits, more people paying tax. It's good for the economy. Unions are good for the economy and labor rights are good for the economy. And that is the message that we need to send. It's not about attacking people for having Amazon Prime. It's about forcing these fucking companies to treat workers just more than vassals of economic production. Mm. I hear you. Um, so I was talking about being in Poland last week. And um, one thing I forgot to mention was, mm -hmm. an was an encounter I had at a bar. Don't know why I'm bringing it up now, but I just came to my mind. I just want to get your thoughts. So I went up to the bar. We're at, ja we're at a jazz club. Okay. And went to the bar with my colleagues and I got the round in. That'd be a first. And there was a guy behind the bar, blonde, fairly tall, um, ponytail. And I was like, yeah, gonna get my regular whiskey, get a couple gin and tonics. Mm -hmm. I did the order and he gave me my order and I paid. I tried to pay, paid with the American Express, right? Didn't work. And then he was like, yeah, no Amex. I was like, cool. MasterCard, here you go. Paid on MasterCard didn't work i was like ah what the fuck is going on mm, broke season um and then my colleague came over was like just try this card just tapped it it worked and i looked at the guy and i was like i'm sorry bro i don't know what happened then i got a pat on the shoulder by some girl next to me at the bar and she was like i'm sorry but i can't have you calling my wife bro and i was like huh she was like yeah that's my wife. And I was like, who's your wife? And she was like, the person you just called bro. And I was like, what? The, the barman? That's my wife. Right. And I was like, hmm, my bad. And she's like, yeah, no, I know that you probably didn't know, but it really triggers me that you called my wife bro. And I was like, okay, cool. I'm one of the good guys. So school me, please. Yeah. Your wife was born as a what? And she was like, yeah, my wife was born as a man. She called it an AMAB, assigned male at birth, mm -hmm. which is which was an education for me. Um, but we can't have you calling him her, sorry, bro. And I was like, and then I turned to the wife and I was like, I'm sorry, bro. It was I was drunk, so yeah. I accidentally said bro again. Then I was like, ah, uh, I mean, cuz, uh, I mean, wifey. I don't know. <laughs> oh what am I meant to say? I don't know your name. <laughs> and she was like, Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Um, don't do the voice. But it was deep. Um, <laughs> what do you mean? It was a deep voice. It was a deep, oh, it was a deep voice. Um, and yeah. Was it your first interaction with the trans community? Wasn't, wasn't trans. It was a oh. man, assigned male at birth. Right. Who, who identifies identified. as a woman. Okay. Who is married to another woman. Right. And I offended 
the woman by calling her... You offended the woman's wife. By calling her wife, bro. Complex. (sighs) Fam. (laughs) So, segue. (laughs) (laughs) Boris Johnson has said that he does not think that biological males should be competing in female sporting events after the fallout from his decision not to ban conversion practices for people questioning their gender. Uh, On Wednesday, he said, this issue wasn't something he has thought about or thought he would have to consider in great detail. Um, Said that women should have spaces in hospitals, prisons and changing rooms which were dedicated to women. And then said that's as far as his thinking has developed on this issue. This is a good out, by the way. This is a good way to protect himself. That's as far as my thinking has developed Mm. on this issue. Um, And if that puts me in conflict with some others, then we have to work it all out. Yes. First things first, the decision to not ban conversion therapy is a mad one. Fucked. So Um, fucked. From this government, one of many mad ones. Um, But I actually just wanted to open this up a little bit. What do you what like what are your views on like transgender women taking part in women athletics? We had that recent case of Leah Thomas. Uh and Leah Thomas was this swimmer. So she was when she was a man, she was born a man and she competed at the University of Pennsylvania men's swimming team for three seasons. Wasn't good enough to sort of hit any records. And then as she started the process of hormonal treatments, her times um in these swimming races began to decrease even more. And then last month she entered a women's competition and set four school records um, in a single meet. So this has obviously caused a great deal of uproar and ties in quite nicely with what Boris has been cracking on about in the last couple of days. Mm -hmm. What's your, um, what's your view on this whole thing? Uh, Tricky, um, tricky, but we got to do it. And you know, you know what we're going to do here at This Could End Terribly. We're going to, we're going to talk about it ourselves. We may, we may get it wrong, but you know what we're going to do. We're going to get people on who can come in and speak, speak about it even more intellectually than we can, right? At some point. At some point. Um, look, I just think this is much ado about nothing, honestly. And this is a point and a discussion that I've had a hundred times that centering anti-trans propaganda is a key facet of fascist propaganda. Um, creating a narrative of a trans and or LGBTQ plus takeover is absolutely inherent to the attack on the nuclear family uh, society that fascist ideology needs to build. And that's why we're seeing these increased attacks on, 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 on transgender people and especially in transgender sport, because it's an easy thing for people to get worked up about. But, but yes, agreed. But what is your view on this? Should transgender women be allowed to compete in women's athletics? Now, the rule at the moment is that I think there's a certain amount of nanomole uh, in terms of the amount of testosterone that you are allowed to have in your body as a transgender, which was a law that came in 2019, the World Athletics Agency or whatever that's called. The issue that we have with Leah Thomas in particular is that she even after two and a half years of hormonal treatment, had this massive advantage. Now, it caused upset because people ultimately thought it wasn't fair. Trans women, apparently, according to the frameworks as it's set up right now, have to be able to prove that they can demonstrate that they have lost their sex-linked male puberty advantage 
prior to competition in the women's category because the reality is that when males go through puberty they they get taller greater muscle and bone mass larger heart larger lung capacity relative to your size etc 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 so this is why this was put into place yeah so i did a bit of digging in this and there are some stats which are quite i guess make arguments against why trans women should compete with cisgender women it was something like the average differential in men and women's standard times for championship qualification is like 11.4%, mm-hmm. which means that the women's times are 11% slower than men's qualification times. Mm-hmm. Now that might not seem like a great deal, right? 10 or 11% doesn't seem like a great it's deal. But when, but when you, exactly. At elite level, yeah. Exactly. But at elite level, if you're talking about like Michael Phelps, they looked at him when he won his awards in, mm-hmm. in 2004 and he had a 0.08% advantage over the person who came in silver. Yeah, I mean, 11's so, bonkers, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So clearly that would mean that Michael Phelps would have a 12.6% advantage over an Olympic gold swimming woman. Right. Um, but I wanted to get your view before yeah. we talk about how we maneuver this because, yeah, let's get your view first. I just think it's such a bullshit argument for so many reasons, right? Like, if people think that there's some kind of genuine upside for men deciding to become women so that they can compete in women's sport, maybe the first thing we should do is address the the, the pay gap in sports. And then maybe there's, there might be some reasonable argument as to why men will fake being women because they can earn the same amount of money if they just go and beat people Not who are, who are born naturally slower than them. Not but, everyone does it for money though. So then what else are they doing it for? What else are they doing it for? Not everyone does it for money. But then it's not really accomplishment because you're cheating, right? So this is why this is a bullshit argument. People cheat, bro. People cheat. It's a bullshit argument. Look, look, at, look at Russia as a country. Look at Russia as a country. That's doping, right? That's doping. It's kind it's, of different. No, to like it's cheating. Reassigning your fucking gender okay. and moving your testosterone okay, okay. levels down. Let's not do the dance. There's cheating that takes place at all levels of sport. If anyone is able to provide me an example of a transgender athlete who genuinely doesn't believe that they were either trapped in the wrong body at birth or have... If, if someone could provide me an example of an athlete who hasn't genuinely transitioned and is competing, I might be willing to engage in this argument that there is some kind of malice to allowing transgender women to compete in no, women's no, no. sport. But I think you're, let me you're, make, you're, let me you're, make, you're, let me, let me okay, make a point. Before you move on, nobody's saying that there's malice. In t- but there's an implication mal- that it's unfair. Like, they're not saying that there's a malicious intent. But it's unfair is the point but you're making. But it can be unfair. It can be, you can have an unfair advantage based on things that are not in your control. Right. It's like that unf- needs, that yeah, needs to be made clear, it's, right? It's fucking unfair that Usain Bolt's way quicker than I am. He was just born that way. In the same way that transgender... Uh, women not, to, to borrow one of your quotes false that is a false equivalence well not necessarily right it because, 100% is but we're dealing we're dealing we're dealing with the physical capacity that we're dealt with at birth which is within the context of all the other aspects of us that are given to us and defined at birth but before we get into this kind of existential argument materially speaking materially speaking within the context of women's swimming which is the Leah Thomas example that you raised mm-hmm. all my fellow Olympic heads will know Michael Phelps mm-hmm. and uh, you've probably seen um Ryan uh, Michael uh, Michael Phelps, Ryan Lochte, um who's the English brother who always cleans up for us? I don't know swimmers, the guy, bro. Uh, there's a guy, we've got a guy, uh Oh, I know, he's got tattoos and he's ginger or some shit. Yeah, then he shaved it off. Bro, I know ginger's male or female. It's yeah, quite a it's, disease. It's quite it's, it's quite, quite a disease. Quite <laughs> sus. Anyway, we got swimmers. We got swimmers. But people who who, who watch the Olympic swimming will also know the name, Katie Ledecky. She is the women's Michael Phelps, and she's American. And mm-hmm. she's fucking sick. She happens 
to do the same event as Leah Thomas. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm very pleased that you unsolicited raised this 11% margin mm -hmm. that you speak of. Mm -hmm. And I agree with you. We're both sports nerds, football yeah. nerds in particular. The concept of someone having 11% margin in the Champions League final, for example, like it's, just, it's obscene, yeah? Of course. <laughs> You're not even in a game. Yeah. Like that's, that's how different it is. However, to quote uh, essentially sports.com, Katie Ledecky currently holds the world record in women's 500-yard freestyle at 4 minutes, 24 seconds. Mm -hmm. Leah Thomas put in a spectacular performance, clocked a time of 4 minutes, 33 seconds. Okay. She's so fucking far off elite-level women's sports. This is not even an argument worth happening. And bro, this is consistently... Bro, hold on, hold this on. This isn't an elite. No, hold She's on. Not elite, but it though. is, but it is. She's not elite. That's the fucking point. No, that's not the Every point. Every time that we ha see these examples of people getting angry about transgender women competing in women's sport, it's at something like a fucking regional university level. None of these people that, that this transgender woman is supposedly beating is going to go on and becoming an Olympic champion. We're com it's, it's, like complaining, it's like complaining that there's some uh, transgender... There's a, there was someone who was assigned a woman at birth who becomes a fella that enters my male sewing competition. Who gives a shit? Who gives a shit? Unless you're really at the elite level, who gives a shit? What about these Cast people what about have Cast suffered? Then? These, that's a very different example. I'm happy you raised it and then come on to it. But the point I want to make about this, about Leah Thomas, is that this woman, presumably, has suffered enough. She has suffered enough, right? She was born as a male. She felt so uncomfortable about her gender that she decided <sighs> bro, to transition. And it's the same I'm thing. Sorry, Can you man. imagine the horror I'm of, sorry, of feeling bro. like you were trapped in the wrong gender from birth? No, then finally, the hold on, that's finally the feeling the relief of being able to reassign yourself. Thank God to medical science that's available. You then want to go compete at your sport and you're then told that, it's, that, 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 that you are being unfair to women when I, you're not even near the elite level. It's like complaining about people playing Sunday League football. I actually, don't feel, I actually don't feel as strongly about this as you do. So I'm literally just trying to have a very objective cards out on the mm -hmm. table, like conversation. Uh, you said a lot, which I don't necessarily agree with because again, I can't help but feel as though you are kind of getting too involved on the emotional side of things. Yes, we know that Leah Thomas has probably suffered a great deal right. due to her unique situation. But I'm talking about the advantage that she has in particular sections in this case it's sure. like university level school uh swimming who gives a shit that's my point you don't give a shit but this is this is a this is a conversation for a reason sure sure right? sure you can't it's have there is a reason it's a conversation it's not the reason that you're driving at no one gives a shit in five no, years people, no one will remember these fucking people swimmers do give at a university shit. people do give a shit and the reason why i'm bringing this up is because people are like well why don't some why doesn't somebody who who does i don't know 180 kg in the weightlifting just drop into the 120 category and just fuck it up a male weightlifter, the argument is that you think a successful male weightlifter is going to transition to become a woman to become no, a, a female weightlifter. No, no, no. The point I'm trying to also make... Also fucking The pointless. point I'm trying to make is that there needs to be some sort of consideration of mm -hmm. what constitutes unfair advantages in any sport, mm -hmm. right? If it's a team sport like football or so on and so forth, that's when you go to the individual level, who's on drugs, who's not, da-da-da-da-da. But in situations like this, where... It is a game of fine margins and it's individual sports. Mm -hmm. There has to be a consideration for what is fair and what is not fair. And there is. And that's why you have these testosterone um, and yes, uh, measurements. From, from and a framework perspective, yes. But 
one of the things about the frameworks is that they're not they're not generally consistent across all levels of sport. So mm -hmm. elite level to university level, it's, it's it's kind of different. I read something somewhere that you've got to go, you've got to be doing this hormonal treatment for like three years. Yep. Leah Thomas, I think, was only doing it for two and a half years, mm -hmm. so she hasn't actually finished the course of hormonal treatment. So Fine. based on that alone, she's at an advantage. Based on that alone, she's at an advantage. Sure, so give another six months, and she 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 may not even be but, as quick but, but as she how is now. Do you, but how do you address this, the fact that? At two and a half years of hormonal treatment, she mm -hmm. is head and shoulders above her peers. But how she's you, not. How, we just established she's 11 seconds she's, behind she, the world record holder. Okay, but you're comparing a university swimmer to an elite Olympian. Yeah. What I'm saying is in the context of her showing up to a university swimming competition sure. and setting four world records in a matter of an hour. She whatever, it, she's, whatever it meets like, records. It was like four, yeah, whatever fine. it was, okay. whatever it was. It gives whatever a shit. It was, stop nitpicking, right? That does spark a conversation, naturally. Okay, so the thing about this whole debate is that there is an implication that some transgender person is going to come and become the dominant female athlete. I think that's at the root of it for many people. There's absolutely no evidence that that ha has happened or is anywhere near happening in any sport, in any sport. Think of the number of women athletes that there are you and the number, of, and the number of transgender bro, athletes. It's that. such an extreme minority. You can't say like we've got generations of data behind this, bro. You can't say it like that. Like, don't lead people on. Ah, there's ah, not but generations is, but, of data. But that is exactly the argument that I'm making. There's such a small sample, such a small sample at present that the entire framing of this argument as if it's an imminent problem that women's sport is under threat from a tiny, tiny number of transgender athletes who perform nowhere near the elite level, it's just, it's bonkers. Well, it's I don't totally know, bonkers. I, I read something that said, like, the best evidence out there suggests that significant differences between transgender, cisgender, remain even after three years of hormonal treatment. So we don't actually know from a, from a data perspective, and more around your point as well, um, we don't have enough data based on where we are now and based on the fact that transgender athletes are more and more occurring. We don't have enough data to really make certain conclusions. But... What we can conclude is that the most successful transgender woman still absolutely nowhere near the elite level. So maybe you can have some sympathy that some women feel like their nose has been put out of place because someone has reassigned and given that they used to be a male has some advantages to them. But there's no evidence whatsoever that women's sport on mass, where it really matters at the top level, is going to be impacted. Right. And if Bro, the implication they is they that, hold on, let, hold on, hold on, sorry, I need, I, just, I, need no, to no, no. I need to make this one point. There's an implication that basically men will reassign to be women for a cheap win. That's not what's being said. But it Nobody is, has but, said that at all. There is, that's Nobody what, has said that at all. That's, that's the framing of the argument. No, it's not. It's not at all. I think that's how you've taken it. There's no, a natural nobody, advantage. Nobody is saying. There's a natural advantage of being born a man and competing against women. Bro, you are conflating two things. You can have a desire to change your gender if yep. you feel like you've been living in the wrong skin whatever it may be you have the right to change your gender yeah but in changing your gender yeah especially given when you change your gender that naturally whether it's in your control or not gives you an advantage over cis gender women i've already i started this by saying if you do it after puberty mm -hmm. three years worth of hormonal treatment as we, as apparently it says in this thing I read, isn't actually closing the gap between you and a cisgender woman. So naturally, as a result of when you transitioned, you have an advantage in anything to do with sports over cisgender women. Like that's that's just it. I'm not conflating the emergent the the emotional side with the medical side at all. I'm you 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 seem to think that I'm saying man decides he's shit, so he's going to turn into a woman to beat all the women. 
That's where right. lots I know a rapper, by the way, who identified as a woman um, and broke a Guinness World Record for like a deadlift on weights, uh, uploaded it to Twitter. And honestly, it was the ignition of his, his, his career. He's now done Shapiro, Rogan, Candace Owens and all this stuff. He's become like a fucking right wing darling. And it's quite crazy, but that's a separate. It's not, it's not someone being a dickhead. I saw that one. Yeah, so. it's not someone being a dickhead like that. This is ultimately saying that irrespective of irrespective of the emotional side of this, there is always going to be an advantage based on when you decide to change. Yeah. And I think there's value in that argument. Oh, God. I don't know. I don't know. And by the way, I, I don't feel a strong way. Where I was trying to go was like, where, how do we solve this? Because do you have a trans category? Like, how do you promote inclusion and not have this massive line in the sand if they're if transgender athletes are not in the same categories as cisgender athletes, yeah, that one. Like, would would the trans community be happy with a trans category at the Olympics? That's it's, tough. it's a tricky one. That's that's, that's kind of where I was trying to lead it to. Yeah. Um, that what, do, what do you think? That one. That one's difficult, and I feel like I feel like I'm not qualified to comment. I feel like mm -hmm. Dave Chappelle should really do the canvassing um, for for that conversation. Do you do? You, it's it, it would be by definition not inclusionary. Yeah, it would be by definition 100%. exclusionary to to separate them from from women's from women's sport. Where I think honestly, like I get I get it. Fine, if you're playing casual sport and you feel like if you're playing netball on a Monday with the girls in Clapham and someone who used to be a man turns up and starts dominating your little Tuesday league, then you might feel a way about it. Mm. To me, that's like I think you can maybe start to just on a, like on a societal level, given that it's friendly netball on a Tuesday in Clapham, make some accommodation for someone who's genuinely reassigned yeah. and, and trying to Bro. participate with other women. Where yeah. I think it really is a problem and where I think that this, the, the narrative of this debate in the media is led is that the integrity of elite women's sport is at threat. And this the entire argument that I've been trying to make during this whole segment and where that is relevant, where the closest data point we have to relevancy is someone like Caster Semenya. And yeah. there was a whole Ferrari uh, years and years ago. She was, did to her. she was dragged through the mud. She was a woman. She identifies as a woman. She was born as a woman. Intersex. Uh, born intersex, but yeah. very much identified as a woman. Yeah. A naturally extremely gifted athlete. And they dragged her. They yeah. dragged her horrendously. And actually, in the end, the IAAF concluded that her medals could stand and her Olympic records and et cetera were, were all kosher. Yeah. And that's kind of what the point, that's my view on this argument is. I, unfortunately... Like below the elite level, I don't give a shit. I honestly don't care. Okay, so that's that, I think that's why your argument makes a great deal of sense now that you've said that. But my point with this, and we can kind of wrap up on this, is that the reason why there is concern at that level is because that is the breeding ground for what we then see at the Olympics. So clearly at the root of where the talent sits, that's where the concerns that's are going to start. So that's why I disagree with to you. To come out. As you know, as someone who's, we both played football to a good level when we were younger, yeah? yeah. We both kicked ball at school and, and at good level clubs when we were kids, yeah? Yeah. By the time you're 14, 15, you know who's going to academy. Right. They're gone already. Okay. They're gone, right? By the time you're playing, but if you're still actually swimming university level, if you're kicking ball at Imperial at 21, 22, you're not going to be an elite level footballer. No, I probably still could have done a team. <laughs> I probably still could have done a team. Still, probably still could. It's just not going to happen, right? Like sport at the elite level is so high performance that by the time by the time you're even old enough to decide that you want to reassign gender, mm. you're gone. You're clear. Yeah. And and they might and in the same way that we need to have a conversation about footballers um, who who later come out as gay, there will be footballers. There there will be a male footballer one day who wants to reassign their gender and to become a woman. Probably 20, 30 years off that debate, given that we don't even have a gay footballer, let alone a transgender one, right? But the point is that 
ultimately, unless we're talking about sport at the elite level, this is just culture wars bullshit. And the conversation should be framed within the culture wars bullshit. If you really care about women's sport, then advocate for shit like equal pay and advocate for shit like equal coverage. And then once we settle that, we can have a debate about access at the elite level. But until there are actually transgender men competing against women at the elite level and not just at this social level, I'm sorry. All right. It's not fucking relevant. It's cultural bullshit. You don't care about sports. Okay. I disagree with that because I do see a link between the grassroots, so to speak, and the elite level. They are intrinsically linked. One is a breeding ground for what we then see at the games. But, you yeah, know, you make a fair point. Um, I really, really, really want to get somebody from the trans community on to speak about this. I think this would be fucking dope. Mm -hmm. I've got a couple of people in mind um, who we could potentially bring on. Um, but yeah, we'll bring that on. Um, I want to talk about a little bit of plagiarism. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. 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 So I think the unpopular opinion in this whole Ed Sheeran thing that's going on. Oh. Is that he actually might have... Another one of your ginger fetishes. Yeah. He might have, no, nah, to be honest, um, he might have actually copied this brother. Now, if you don't know what I'm talking about, Ed Sheeran has just won a court case against a dude called Sammy Switch, an artist, who claims that Ed plagiarized a little bit of his song, Oh My, Oh My, for Ed Sheeran's smash shape of you which by the way i never liked no never liked. i feel like that's racist um it might be i personally think that sammy switch might have a point hmm but i'm gonna allow you guys to make that call yourself please listen This sounds yeah very similar the words the exact same yeah. it's not even the it's like they've gone ooh, 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 but they, they're also delivered the same yeah as well now ed won the court case and he was all high and mighty when he won Ugh, to be fair that's that's a bit harsh he wasn't as high and mighty he just warned that pop stars should not be allowed to become easy targets for copyright claims mm. um and saying that he hopes this ruling means that in the future, baseless claims like this can be avoided. In fact, I'm gonna play what he said. Hey guys, me, Johnny and Steve have made a joint statement that will be press release on the outcome of this case, but I wanted to make a small video to talk about it a bit because I've not really been able to say anything whilst it's been going on. Whilst we're obviously happy with the result, I feel like claims like this are way too common now and have become a culture where a claim is made with the idea that a settlement will be cheaper than taking it to court, even if there's no base for the claim. Mm, there's it's a base. really damaging to the songwriting there's, industry. There's, there's, a, there's, so there's a strong base. There's more base than in the song itself. Pop music. Coincidence is bound to happen if 60,000 songs are being released every day on Spotify. That's 22 million songs a year, Ooh. and there's only 12 notes that are available. Oh, maths. I don't want to take anything away from the pain and hurt suffered from both sides of this case, mm. but I just want to say I'm, I'm not an entity. I'm not a corporation. I'm a, I'm a human being. Yes. I'm a father. I'm a husband. Yes. I'm a son. <laughs> he drew for it. King shit. Experience. And I hope with this ruling, it means in the future, baseless claims like this can be avoided. This really does have to end. 
Me, Johnny, and Steve are very grateful for all the support sent to us by fellow songwriters. I'm not the, the Johnny in this. Weeks. Just FYI. Hopefully, we can all get back to writing songs rather than having to prove that we can write them. Thank you. No, I'm not gonna lie. Fuck you, Ed Sheeran, man. <sighs> uh, look. No, fuck you. Sorry. I'm fuck a, you. I'm a part-time rapper. I've made quite a few amazing songs in my time if I do this on myself so I understand like the creative process very very much and I know how easy it is when you're lost for inspiration especially when you need a song not to fail um, to draw inspiration from things that you listen to and I also am aware that artists like Ed Sheeran have teams that have loads of people sending music to them all the time like check this out you know I could be signed to your label or, da, 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 da. or even check this out like I'm a songwriter you can take this just pay me I could be a, on the song credits I understand it all so from a independent artist perspective, I'm actually with Sam, Sammy Switch on this, bro. 100%. I think, I think Ed Sheeran might have bit his shit. Bro, he's a prick, bro. <laughs> like, much, like, much like Rich, I too write poetry about men that I don't like. Um, and as a fellow creative, uh, like it's so oh, obviously man. fucking clear that he's, that he's teeth. The, mel the melody, the words, the whole thing, right? And it's double egregious. Yeah. It's double egregious considering Ed's entire come up story where he yeah. is the kid they used to busk on the street of Reading, made friends with Jamal Edwards, may rest in peace, uh, got on to uh, SBTV, and that was his segue mm. through the grassroots of music, yeah. through the rap community, did he achieve mega stardom. And now to tee for Melody on one of his most famous songs and not even pay the guy for it, and then ruin him with legal bills mm. when he's got more than enough money to cover it 50 times over. Yeah. Edman. Just it's grow, mad, grow up, and, grow up, and just handle this one, please. Poor Sammy Chokri, um, aka Sammy Switch. He's got all the views on his uh, YouTube video um, as a result of this, two point one million, in fact. But those views are not really going to equate to the one million pounds minimum that he's going to have to spend and pay as a result of losing this court case. Horrendous. I yeah, I I really really tried to 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 see Ed's side of this is the artist you know but they're both artists and i think we need to consider both sides deeply this isn't a case as johnny said pre-recording this isn't a case of like uh the marvin gay robin thick oh, lines thing he teased that where the whole vibe was taken <laughs> the whole thing basically <laughs> the whole thing um this is very different it's very very specific and the reality is that like it probably seemed at the time like the perfect crime. Ah, oh, no one's gonna hear this Sammy Switch song if I just no one knows who the fuck yeah, this guy yeah, is. Yeah, if I just nab this little thing yeah, like, yeah. for this smash song, I'm gonna get it. I'm gonna I'm gonna hit the top of the charts because I'm Ed Sheeran. Um, so yeah, I, I feel uncomfortable about this. I feel like Ed has done him dirty and um, <laughs> solidarity with Sammy Chocolate. No, bro. man, it's so bleak. I don't want to laugh, but fucking hell, what can you do? It's so bleak. It's bad, man. Get him on the pod. We could do that. Yeah. Um. I think we're pretty much done. I want to, we can talk about the Channel 4 privatization, but we, we'll let that flesh out because it hasn't quite happened yet. Um, we're big Channel 4 protect, viewers protect in, this, phone shop. in this house. We need to protect that thing. Um, it's given us too much. Protect and Garth Marenghi's dark place. Kathy Newman and your yes. awkward blonde curls. Uh, don't want you to be forced to the dark side as a result of this. So protect Channel 4. Jon Snow clearly knew Oaguan. Yeah. And um, yeah, here we are. Next, we have... Oh, actually, no. Let's do a shout out. Let's do oh. a shout out. Black women doing amazing things. Oh, a small one. The US Supreme Court is oh. to include black female justice for the first time mm. in 233 years. Yes. After it confirmed Justice Katanji Brown-Jackson to the nine-member branch. 
three Republicans crossed that aisle to seal her appointment by a vote of 53 to 47. This is a lifetime job, if you're unaware. Um, and this will see her on the bench for decades. Yes. But unfortunately, isn't really going to shift a great deal in terms of the uh, the justice system in America because she's going to be one of three Democrats on a nine-seat bench, which has six Republicans on yeah. it. Um, so I just want to start by saying there's a beautiful thing that Biden said, I'm going to get a black woman as a Supreme Court justice. It was even more beautiful that the lovely Kamala Harris was the person who announced it. <laughs> God. Yeah. Fucking um, And good luck to Katanji. Um, I'm trying to remove myself from as much US politics as I can post-Trump. I think I deserved a break. So I just want to say, big up that black woman. Um, and it's just amazing to see yet another story of black people being the first to do something very fucking major. Uh, I will say a, a word of caution uh, and that Katanji Brown... Uh, is the first black woman on the Supreme Court. What did I say? She's not the first black person. Oh. There is uh, a special Clarence Thomas uh. who serves on the bench of the Supreme Court. Why are you doing that? Like, I was just celebrating women and you're bringing the patriarchy into this, Johnny Boy. Arguably the biggest dickhead on the entire bench. Yeah, but still on the patriarchy chat, bro. Let's just celebrate women. Oh, we're celebrating Katanji. Cool. Just the idea that uh, this is a significant moment for the black legal system mm. itself uh, needs to be uh, needs to be moderated until mm. Clarence Thomas is removed from the bench because he's a fucking clown. Yeah, he's a fucking clown. Yeah, um, but good luck to her, and just good luck to Kamala and everything she does. No, she's a, a, a deplorable woman. Honestly, she's fucking hopeless. Have you ever seen her de deliver a press conference? Can you watch your mouth. She's honestly useless. Can you watch your mouth? She is going to be the reason Trump... Trump is going to win in 2024. Can you watch your mouth? Trump's going to win in 2024. Daddy Trump's coming back. And Elon Don't now owns him, Twitter. So it's Daddy. Daddy Trump's coming back. Don't call him Daddy. And Elon's going to let him back on Twitter now that he owns it. So... That's disgusting. What's up? We now have relationship advice brought to you by Juan Vivas. Okay. Okay. Wait. Let's go. Wait. What do you mean wait, bruv? Wait. What do you mean wait? Big news incoming. It can't be bigger than the it can't be bigger than relationship advice, bruv. Bigger than the relationships. Yeah, this better be good. Bruv. The Academy Awards has banned Will Smith what? from future Oscars what? for ten years. No, say wallahi. Say wallahi. Fam. Say wallahi. Say wallahi. The alerts are alerting. Will Smith has been banned from the Oscars gala no, and other Academy events for 10 years. Are you joking? After he's swept. What, is this just come out now? This has just happened. This has literally just broken 11 minutes ago. What the fuck? Oh, and I need some time. <laughs> I need some time to register We ain't got time. This. We ain't got time. Shit, sorry, shit. 10 All years. Right. Hold on. No, sorry. All Let right. me just say, first reaction is, first reaction is, bro, you don't even get 10 years for slapping a guy in public anywhere, bro. That's not a sentence. How yeah, can you ban my 10 years for anything? In a statement, the Academy said the 94th Oscars was overshadowed by the unacceptable and harmful behavior we saw Mr. Smith exhibit on stage. They said they did not adequately address the situation in the room as it was unprepared for the unprecedented and it apologized. They thanked Rock for maintaining his composure under extraordinary circumstances. And it said banning Smith was aimed at protecting performers and guests and restoring trust in the Academy. Fucking mad. 
listen, on the last episode, we discussed the need mm. for the black community to reclaim agency mm. over its creative award process. On this episode, mm. we discussed the power. Visionaries. We discussed the power of Chris Smalls organizing. Visionaries. Organizing at a grassroots level to reclaim power oh, over, over, over the agencies that define uh, success and capital. It is time. It's time. You cannot keep playing to this Oscars bullshit. This he deserves the bullshit. ban. Though. He deserves the ban. Doesn't though. deserve a ban. He deserves the ban. Though. No, you can't just be doing that, Johnny. You Bush. can, but it's the only thing that saved the fucking Oscars. Nobody was watching this shit nah, on TV. No, no, no. You're not. The thing was dead bro, in the ratings. Can bro. you open your third eye, my G? Ah, uh-uh. like Chris Rock got molly whopped up there, bro. That's not right. He took a little slap. It's not right. He took a little slap. He took a slap for the Oscars. He did. For, no one was ever going to watch this shit again. Do you know how dead the ratings are? They cut categories from broadcast because no one gives a shit anymore. Will Smith just about saved the Oscars and now they're going to ban him? Hey, who do you think's watching watching this shit next year? Let's be real. Um the only thing I would have watched for next year is to see who will sla- who will Smith slaps. <laughs> He's not going to be there for 10 years. Oh. I don't I don't know if this I don't know if this actually means he can't be nominated. It looks like he can still be nominated, but he just can't show up to the awards. When it, so so slapping a guy and collecting your award is gang. But can you imagine winning an Oscar and being banned so that you can't collect yeah, it? Yeah, that's that's wild. That's, that's basically that was basically yay yay at the Grammys. He ended up winning a couple of the awards for the shows that he couldn't show up at. Swear down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He won a couple. Um, wow, I didn't expect that. I literally, just wanted to do relationship advice and then get the fuck out of here. But um, but yeah, Will Smith is has lost something else um, as well as his self esteem, ego wife we need to be more pro slapping yeah society needs to be more pro slapping nah not when you're like older than 19 years old i disagree um, i think you can probably talk it out or just be grown-ups anyway relationship advice take two what you got for me this one is maybe the stickiest and trickiest <laughs> Me like sticky, sticky. Maybe I like I. I'm genuinely shocked. Not sure how to react to it. Mm. Um, the submitter is a woman. We're back on the back on the female side of the fence. We will guess the race accordingly. Um, my boyfriend and I have been together for a year and a half. Um, we're very happy in our relationship. Um, we're considering moving in together. He has a good job. We always spend a good time away on holiday. Our families get along with each other and everything is going well. Sounds delightful. We are considering moving in together some point next year. We're just trying to save up enough money. I'm on the edge of my seat. (laughs) Recently, however, something that has been going on since we first met has started to bother me. Uh. Sex with him is among... Sex with me is amazing. Is that a Rihanna song? It might be. I don't know. Carry on. Uh, it's among the best I've ever had in my life. Okay. Shout but him. whenever we have sex, he makes extremely effeminate noises. <laughs> uh, do we get like, do we get some sound? Like, do we get some examples? There's absolutely in? no noise. Fuck. There's absolutely no noise. Oh clips. man, it's going to have been the greatest of all time. I have tried 
to change the types of sex that we have. And he so is me, fairly adventurous. I, no, can, you need to no, let me can finish. I guess, can I guess what the sounds sound like? I'm really sorry oh. to cut you off, but you, no, you can't, you can't drop that. Well, go on then. Uh. Oh God. <laughs> But he's not he's he's not a fucking garage sample, bro. He said it's I don't even know what it means. <laughs> that is so fucked. That is so fucked. Oh, carry on. Uh we have had different kinds of sex. Uh we have done um kink related stuff, we have done uniforms. Uh I have tried to be rough with him in an attempt to make him more masculine and more dominant on me. But nothing that I have done so far has stopped him making these effeminate noises. Uh. I'm Stop it, bruv. <laughs> uh, effeminate noises. I am a huge fan of the term ick. Uh, and I'm on the verge of being able to say, I love this man. Uh, I'm pretty sure that I do, but I use that term in the context of one day wanting to marry him. As I said, our families get on very well. But although the sex is good, I cannot continue with him making these noises. I wanted to ask you guys, because I'm not sure if all men are like this. I've only been with one other partner and it didn't happen, but I'm not sure if he was different or my current boyfriend is. Um, I'm very confused as to how I should approach it. Is this something that guys discuss? How do I ask him? How do I address it? What can I do? Could I ask you a really personal question? Mm -hmm. Like when you're tapping that ass, mm -hmm. are you a vocal brother or are you a silent but violent brother? Uh, I'm noisy. I'm not going to lie. Noisy in the sense that you're a, a, a noise maker or you are a dirty talker? I'm not really a dirty talker. You know? okay. That, that so I've never just, understood. You're just like a, huh, I'm, huh. I'm getting it in. Um, <laughs> I'm like, are you I'm, silent but violent? I'm a resolute motherfucker, innit? Oh, you are. Yeah, yeah, just yeah. Here to work. I just, I just want you to, f I want you to feel the diesel. Oh my goodness. <laughs> well, lucky. I beg you, never make eye contact with me and say that again, yeah, bro. My bad, my bad, my bad. <laughs> um, if she's a, if she's a fan or a frequent user of the word ick, uh, I have to say I'm already not on her side because there is a strong correlation. No, she, she doesn't like the word ick, right? Oh, she doesn't. She like doesn't the like word the word ick. ick. I thought she said she liked the word no, ick. No, she doesn't like the word to, ick. I was about to say I hate her because these, no, are, no, no, no. these no, are the same people who don't think males should have podcasts. She's come humble. She's but, come um, humble. Okay, cool. Um, look, just want to answer your question, The dear. first thing to say is this is like this is not mandem, don't do this. This it's isn't not, normal. We can bat that one out of the park. That's where I was going first. You guys making effeminate noises, that's a him thing. This is not normal. I really want to know what these effeminate sounds are. Because it, it might not just, it might not be like the squeaky, it might just be like, ooh. That's <laughs> not, that's, 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 that's kinky. He's not that fucking Louis brother that was on telly doing ballet in the late it could, it 2000s. Could, all I'm saying is that there is a spread. There's a spectrum, there's a range, right? Jesus. Um, my dear. This it, one threw me when I saw it. I can't even it, lie. It's not standard. Um, and unfortunately... I mean, I, there's so many questions. Has he got a deep voice normally and then goes into a feminine mode during sex? If he already has quite a high- Do you want to play Guess the Race? Oh, she's definitely white. No. Nope. She's definitely Oyembo. No? No. Nope. What? They're both black. What? Yeah. What are my people up to? Anyway. Um, <laughs> for some reason, that changes the advice I'm giving. <laughs> no, you're fucked. You're so Fuck. I don't know why man. it changes the advice I'm going to give. All right, cool. So I really want to know if this person has a high pitched voice, generally speaking, 
because if that person does have a high-pitched voice, then this is something you might have to wear forever, right? Because there's not much you can do if they've got a high-pitched voice when they're excited. Typically, people's voice and their tone goes up when they're a little bit excited. And what's more excitable than tapping that ass, right? <laughs> um, so you might have to wear it. If it is a situation where this guy's got like a friggin' Barry White voice during the daytime, but as soon as the sun goes down... Oh, no, that's fucked. <laughs> that's fucked. He turns into Pee Wee fucking Herman. Then, yeah. I don't know what he's... I know what she sounds like. I don't know what he sounds like. Mm. Do you know what might be sick though? If she could find like one of those... um, She could find like a voice box that turns his voice into like auto-tune. What, like when someone's got throat cancer? Just implant a ting so that he's going like... It would be better. <laughs> it would be better than squeaky, right? That's fucked. Um, is there like elocution vocal training that one can go to to deal with this? Well, you want him to fuck a voice coach? Not, no, I want him to see a voice coach so that he can work. <laughs> I guess he would have to he bang didn't her, have right? to so fuck, He's going to have to fuck the voice yeah, coach. She would have to hear, she would have to hear <laughs> how it sounds. Fuck. We've got a job to do here, but the people is, depend on relationship advice, you know. It's our most popular segment. We can't flop this. This is true. People do not come for the political takes. They come for this. I don't know, man. I, I, I feel like... You've got to tell him. I think you've got to tell him. But what is she telling him? What, what exactly is she telling him? Your voice sucks. The way that you moan yeah, but isn't you, doing it for me. Okay, I guess that kind of works because then he has a choice, right? He can say, this is my voice. Get used to it or I'm out. Or he can... He can take a leaf out of the Abiade book of tapping that ass oh and just be silent, but masterful strokes. Mm. <laughs> the eye contact. <laughs> bro, we've known, we've known each other a long time, but that is not necessary. No, but that's, that's the only option. You can't change the guy's voice. She clearly doesn't mind his voice during the day. It's just during sex. So she's just got to tell him to shut the fuck up when he's beaten. Or just, or, or, or just go... <laughs> Just intense eye contact. Go deeper. Intense eye contact, like just cock diesel and that's it. <laughs> mm. Or or no, so 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 let me think outside this the box. This is my favorite one. I swear to God. Let me let me think. My let me think favorite up, one. Let me think outside the box. So they've said that they're into they're into kink stuff, right? All right. Have you ever seen uh Pulp Fiction? Yes. So you know where Marcellus Wallace gets the gag thing in the basement? Mm -hmm. Just gag your man. Just gag your man. Now you're eye contacting me. Just gag your man. And then he can't make these high pitched noises because he's got a rubber ball in his mouth. Marcellus Wallace, your man. You gotta be a sick woman to like see a guy with a gag in his mouth and get aroused by that shit. You gotta be sick in the head. If he's hitting it from behind, she can't see. True. And True. that's, we all know that's the closing position. But she might be hitting it from behind, to be fair, with oh, the gag in his that's mouth. that's an entire different, yeah. that's an entire different. That's my worry. Well, that's for them to figure out. True. Shouldn't be your worry at all. Uh, but as we all know, <laughs> Doggy's the closer. And Doggy is the closer. Doggy is the closer. <laughs> who, who among us is going to lie? Who among us is going to lie? Who listening is going to lie? Don't. Oh my God. Don't, get out of my DMs if you're going to lie to me, innit? Oh my God. Uh, but Dog, if she does... If doggy she, doggy it, is definitely the closer. It's the closer. I've never heard that expression. It's my favorite expression of all time now. Doggy is the closer. That might even be the episode title. Doggy is the closer. Head is the answer. Amazing. You're done. Uh, so for like the most important moment, she can just gag him up, get him to finish it off. Bob's your uncle. Yeah. Yeah. I think he's just got to go quiet, bro. It's gags or quiet. Basically, what we're trying to say to no, you is, honey, can... is 
You have to confront you, this one because well, if you are, if you want to keep this man, you have to confront it. It sounds like there's a family there's a family tie. You're gonna move in together. This can't run. If it's this bad, <laughs> it can't run. So you just have to confront it. I feel for him. But if he's ticking every other box, then yes, to Johnny's point, confront this. Please confront it delicately because this is still as, de- as delicately as his, his pussy voice. voice. And there are a few things that men get a little bit funny about dick size. White guys get funny about their shoe size. This is why they wear shoe sizes two or three sizes too big. And you can see the creases. Facts. And voice deepness is another one. Um, Whether or not we can grow a full beard, whether or not the beard connects. These things got touched upon delicately. So please, if you're going to confront him, my dear, do it with care. Masculinity is fragile. Yes. Um, But yeah, it seems as though he has to be gagged or he has to go quiet. <laughs> Those are your only options. It seems as though there aren't many voice therapy options out there that don't involve him banging a voice coach. You don't want them problems. So yeah, there are the options. What give? Uh, is there something that you can eat that gives you a deeper voice? Like what give, Like when you know when people got a cold, they get a deeper voice. You could bang voice. in the morning. Morning. Deep vo- Everyone's got deep voice in the morning. Yeah, bang true. in the morning more. Yeah, morning and morning sex bangs as well. Morning. No, I hate morning sex. I'm really, honest. bro, I hate it's it. My favorite. The yeah, my my yeah, the thing just doesn't work. Oh, for real. Quite the same. I'm the opposite. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, no, I'm, no, no, I'm no. a night owl. Okay. Yeah. I'm a morning guy. Yeah, I don't like it. Yeah, I'm an early riser. Um. Mm, yeah. Um. So. Hope that helped. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, darling. <laughs> I'm very keen to hear how this develops. If you can give us a part two at some point in the future. Uh, don't leave him because he sounds amazing. Mm. You're thinking about moving in with him, meeting the fam and all of that good stuff. The family link cutting's rare as well, you know. Yeah. It's actually rare that there's a whole, like, the whole package. Yeah, that's lovely. Um, this is a small problem. I think you can get past. And as I say, if all else fails... Abiade book of dicking dictates on page number one. Oh God. Me, I don't talk too much. Oh, it's just know. plentiful, masterful strokes. Oh, my God. <laughs> this is haram. Keep your submissions coming, coming. in. <laughs> <laughs> They'll all be handled as sensitively as this one. <laughs> new music this week. The only thing you should be listening to is Vince Staples' new album, Ramona Park, yes. Stole My Heart. Yes. Um, Vince Staples is easily one of my favorite artists of the last decade. I hope he is yours too. This has been fantastical. Fantastical. Shout out everybody who's continually sending us love. Yes. Um, Appreciate yeah. you. We are approaching episode 40 and the episode that we've got next week is actually not going to be news linked at all no um johnny had a really amazing idea for us to explore something that we touched upon briefly um around the economy and rishi sunak's recent announcements around how fucked we are in in this tory government and how it links to mental health depression um and we are going to talk at detail with two experts in the economy and psychiatry field and it's a very, very special one. I hope you guys like. We really want to open some sort of dialogue around it. Um, and yeah, let us know what you think. For everybody else, you know where to find us every other week, unless we surprise you. Mm. Um, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon. Feels a bit wrong saying that now, promoting yeah, that, guys. Uh, SoundCloud and YouTube. Be nasty. Man like Johnny. Bye. Have a good weekend, sir. I am out for a couple of fucking
bevies in the sun in France, buddy. Oh, oh yeah. I'm going south of France, buddy. Oh, yeah. There might be some... Fun. No, to be honest, I'm a bit, bit of an Instagram hiatus at the moment, so probably no thirst traps. Please no more fucking hand-reaching out <laughs> pictures. That was fucking obscene. Lit. I'm lit at those. That was obscene. Yeah, I'm lit at those. But for everybody else, stay safe, stay warm. It's April. Still not very, very warm outside. It's not fucking yet. annoying. Um, and we will be back sooner than you think. Peace! Peace!